This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus' name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Genesis chapter 43. Made it all the way to Genesis chapter 43, and we are dealing with the story of deciding whether or not to go back to Egypt. And it's an important decision. And sometimes necessity forces us to make certain decisions, and God's putting them in this position. And oftentimes in life, as we deal with the world we're in, as we're struggling along, we, we don't realize that, that change is important. And changing how we think about things and do things is really important. In fact, in the world that we live in, oftentimes people, and the older we get, the less we want change to happen. But the truth is, change is taking place all the time. It's taking place all the time around us. And uh, we've got to be willing to change. And you go, why do I have to be willing to change? Because the salvific process necessitates that. What I mean by that? I mean that in the salvation process, what's happening is that my heart and my mind, which is my passions or my, my emotions and my intellect and my thoughts are being changed from my will to God's will, from my understanding to God's understanding, from my ways to God's ways. And if I'm going to understand God, if I'm going to see God as he is, if I'm going to be like him, I've got to change. There's got to be change going on. And change in the Christian life, we're not talking about change for change's sake. We're talking about change that makes us more in the likeness and the image of God. When we are doing that, when we are becoming more like our God, when we are becoming taking on his love, his truth, his life, when we're doing that, when that's happening in our lives, change is taking place. And that change in us is going to manifest manifest itself outside of us. And that change outside of us is going to ultimately bring about change in the world around us. And so, as you can see, God's salvific process, which is the process by which he takes our soul and makes it into his image and likeness, meaning forms our will to his will, that salvific process is necessarily driven by change. It has to take place. And so change and growth, that's a good word that we could use to take the the starkness of the idea of change, growth or maturity or become is the process of me not being like I was before. And you have to understand that. And we understand that Jacob is fearful that he's going to lose more sons. He's fearful that he's going to lose his favorite son. He's his second favorite, but he's already lost his favorite. He's fearful to make a in his life because he doesn't want to have the pain of the past revisit him, the pain of loss. He's suffered loss, and he doesn't want that to happen again. And you go, I mean, it, that I understand that. And sure, we do. We all understand that. And we want to understand that. But that doesn't mean that we allow everything to die around us just so that we don't have to feel that pain of the past. We can just hold everything close to us, 
hold all our children. And that's what Joseph, that's what Jacob is doing. He's holding all his children close, his grandchildren close. And he's, I don't want to lose any of you. And the truth is they're starving to death around him. And it's not going to be okay for everybody to starve to death just because you don't want to change. And oftentimes that happens in the Christian life. Christians just do not want to experience any change. They don't want things to be different. And then what happens around them is everything begins to die. And that's because there's no growth. And remember, we're either moving forward in the kingdom or we're sliding backwards. And you say, I'm just trying to hold my place. You're not going to because your sin nature, your flesh is going to drag you backwards if you're not pushing forward in faith. And so it's required of you. It's just absolutely required of you that you push forward and trust God in your faith. And Jacob, he's got, he's been put in that position. And thank God that he does that for us, that he puts us in a position where we have to change. I had a great friend once say it, once say that, and I'm going to butcher this probably, man does not change until the pain of change is less than the pain of remaining the same. And uh, that truth is out there completely and totally. Man does not change until the pain of change is less than the pain of remaining the same. And so what does God do? He makes it difficult for us to stay the same. He shows us how difficult that is, and he causes us to choose by faith to walk with him because we don't want to remain where we're at. And that all the time. In fact, most of what people call salvation, meaning that moment where they're converted, that moment where they repent and turn toward God, they call it salvation because it's the pinnacle moment. It's the moment where you go, I cannot keep going the way I'm. God is calling to me and I want to hear his voice and I'm going to, I'm going to seek after him and I'm going to be changed by him. And uh, let me say this, this is of the utmost important. That is the most loving thing God can do for us is to put us in a position where change is absolutely necessary, where we realize that, where we see it, where we understand it, and where we turn to it. Verse 8 of chapter 43, then Judah said to Israel, his father, he's begging his father, send the lad with me, and we will rise and go, that he may live and not die, both we and you and also our little ones. What he's saying is if we stay here, it doesn't matter whether, whether Benjamin is killed in Egypt or dies here of starvation. We're going to starve to death. And not only is he going to starve to death, Father, you're going to starve to death, and I'm going to starve to death, and all our children are going to starve to death. We've got to go to Egypt. And even though you're afraid of losing us, you're already losing us. And boy, that's the pain of change being less than the pain uh, the pain of change being less than the pain of remaining the same. We can't stay here. we got to get up and go. And that's what that's what uh, Judah said to him. I myself will be a surety for him. He's saying, "Listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this on my on myself." And that that that's that that's that stepping out in faith. That's that I'm gonna, I, I'll take the I'll take the hit from this one. He says, "From my hand you shall require him. If I do not bring him back to you and set him before you, then let me bear the blame forever." He's saying, "I'm gonna." I'm going to do what's necessary in this situation. And if it doesn't work out, you know what? I'll take the hit for it. And that's the way it's just going to be. And I've got to get this done because if I don't get this done, everything that I have and dad, everything that you have and all my brothers and sisters have is going to perish. And so I'll step out and do what it takes. He says, if I do not bring him back to you and set him before you, then let me bear the blame forever. For if we had not lingered, Surely by now we would have been returned this second time. What he's saying is we've waited around long enough. 
We've waited around long enough. And you know, so many times in people's lives, they hear the voice of God, but they don't want to act in faith. And God continues to turn up the heat. He continues to apply the pressure. He continues to wrench us in the right direction. And we, and we're struggling to hold on to the past. We're struggling to hold on to what we've got. And we don't want to change. Don't want to change. And God is continuing to build and build and feel finally it burst. And you say, I got to get out of here. As Jared Clower said about Marcel Ledbetter up in that tree, shoot up in here and shoot up, shoot up here amongst us. One of us has got to have some relief. You you just say, I can't, I, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I can't stay here. And that's what God does. He eventually loves us enough to not allow us to sit in the death and destruction that is the result of our will. And he says, I have a better will for you. I got a better plan for you. I got a better life for you. Will you please, will you please receive it? Will you please take it? That free gift of salvation, that free gift of love, that free gift of life that I'm giving you. Will you please bend your will to my will? And thank God he gives us a new human spirit before that even happens to help us along. And he gives us the Holy Spirit and his power in our lives and his very presence, the very presence of God in us. And he makes it possible that we can. And their father Israel said to them, verse 11, if it must be so, then do this. Notice, if it's got to be, I guess we'll do it. He says, take some of the best fruits of the land in your vessels and carry down a present for the man. What he's saying is, listen, if you're going to have to go do it right, let's do it the right way. Boy, that I love what Jacob says here. He says, man, take him gifts and uh, let him know who we really are. Let him know that we're a people who love other people, that we're a people who we think about who you are and what you're, we're just not in it for ourselves. We're in it for you. And he, he says, carry down a present for the man, a little balm and a little honey, spices and myrrh, pistachio nuts and almonds. Man, he's doing it upright. He's doing a little doing, doing a little gift basket, as the women folk would say. He's putting together a little gift basket for, for his son that he doesn't even know is his son. And sometimes taking a little gift will ease the ease the the strain of not knowing someone and open the door for you. And I love that Jacob put together a little gift basket here. He says, take double money in your hand, meaning pay for the, the grain that we already have that they gave you the money back for and pay for the grain that you're going to get. And take back in your hand the money that was returned in the mouth of your sacks. Perhaps it was an oversight, meaning you never can tell that they might have done that and not known they did it. Take your brother also and arise and go back to the man. And may God Almighty give you mercy before the man that he may release your brother, your brother and Benjamin, if I am bereaved. He's reached the place of change. He's reached the point of where he's gonna he's gonna receive that change and he's gonna he's gonna say, We gotta do it. So do it upright. And if you're gonna change, let's do it the right way. Let's not just change in incrementally. Let's do the whole change. If God's gonna God's gonna do a work in us, let's do make it a complete work, right? Let's not make it a partial work. Let's make it a whole work. Let's do it all. And why not? Why not have all the kingdom of God rather than part of it and just keep what you used to have uh, around as a pet? Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't hold on to the past. Grab hold to the future. By the way, the past is already written down in God's in the Lamb's book of life. God's work in his people is already written down, okay? You're not, by holding on to it in this world, you're not holding on to it 
so that it doesn't pass away. It's not passed away. God's already been working. He's already been doing. He's keeping records of it. We're going to glorify him forever for all the mighty things and wonderful things he's done in our lives. And those things are so numerous that we are not going to be able to count them for our own lives, much less the lives of billions of others who've known known the goodness of God and a relationship with him and the glory of being one of his children. I'm telling you today, and I'm telling you in every possible way today, that God is keeping accounts of the past. Don't hang on to the past. You can memorialize the past. There's nothing wrong with setting up a few standing stones to remember what you did in the past by faith, but don't hold on to the past just for the past sake. And don't hold on to the past just because you the pain of the past is so stark and so pain, so real in your life that you don't want to feel it ever again. By the way, you're just dooming yourself to feel it over and over again. Move forward. Move forward. And I love to see Jacob finally say that he's going to he's gonna move forward. In verse 11, if you'll notice, and their father Israel, that's the name of promises, the way this whole paragraph starts. He is he's a man of promise. He's a man of hope. God has given him that truth. And so now he's operating in that truth. And he said, it says, and may God Almighty give you mercy before this man that he may release your brother. Notice he's speaking faith to these people. He's speaking faith to his sons. He's saying, go do what God's told you to do. May God give you grace in the middle of, and mercy in the middle of it. He says, and he may release your brother and Benjamin. If I am bereaved, I'm bereaved. What he's saying, if it works out that way and that's what God's will is, then that's just what God's will is. That is the way to deal with it. That's the way to think about it. That's the mindset you got to have. You got to consider and say to yourself, well, if I'm bereaved, if, it's, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. If things don't work out the way I want them to work out, it's okay. It's God's will, not my will. It's God's way, not my way. It's God's purposes, not my purposes. And so he said that. And so the men took the presents and Benjamin, and they took double money in their hand and they rose and went down to Egypt and they stood before Joseph. Wow, what a, what a, what a powerful transition in life. And it's going to bring about, it's going to bring out about all of Jewish history. This, that decision right there is one of the, one of the hallmark decisions of the Old Testament. That decision to go on and go back to Egypt and go on and, and get what's required and make sure that our family prospers in the future. Do what fears, what it, what fear would tell you not to do, but do what faith would tell you you must do. And, and that's what it says in verse 11. And their father Israel said to them, if it must be, those are words of faith that he's speaking there. He's saying, if it must be so, if this is God's will, then I'm going to consent to it because my name is not Jacob, thief and liar. My name is Israel, which is a name of hope and a name of purpose. Today, as we go through today, as far as today is today, I would ask and I would seek from you a desire to see God move, which may necessitate change in your life, may necessitate things happening differently for you, may cause you to have to do things in a way that you really, the truth is you really don't want to do it that way. But it is for God's purposes, it's for God's kingdom, and ultimately it's for your best. And so if it's going to be that way, let it be. Let it be the way God wants it to be. And I promise you this, God's never failed in the past. And by his very nature, he's not, a, he's not one to fail in the future. You can trust him and allow him to make those mighty and powerful changes in your life.
as you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.